Sometimes the unexpected happens. Things go from normal to the unpredictable in a matter of seconds. This was reality for a young boy one autumn night. One minute his father was reading him a bedtime story. Reality for a young boy one autumn night. One minute his father was reading him a bedtime story. The next he was being told his father was dead. This is the unsolved murder of Alistair Wilson. 2004 was a special year for Alistair Wilson. He'd celebrated his 30th birthday on the 4th of March and, as the end of the year approached, he was looking forward to leaving his role as a commercial director at the consultancy agency as a business banking manager. Alistair was married to Veronica, 33, and they lived with their children, four-year-old Andrew and two-year-old Graham, on Crescent Road in Nairn, a seaside town in the Scottish Highlands. Alistair hailed from Kilburnie, a town in the Scottish county of Ayrshire, and had a degree in accountancy and business law. Both Alistair and Veronica were keen to try their hand at new things. When they bought their home, it was being used as a hotel and restaurant, and although it didn't work out, Alistair and Veronica took over the business for a while. After closing the hotel and restaurant, the couple began turning the business into a home the family could enjoy for years. Then the unexpected happened. The 28th of November 2004 was a Sunday and it started out like any other day. The Wilson family spent the day with friends walking in Colbin Forest. After returning home, Alistair went to the supermarket and did the recycling. By 7pm he was reading his sons a bedtime story. By the end of the day, Nairn had its first murder since 1986. As Alistair read to his children, the doorbell rang. Alistair would soon remark to Veronica that it seemed odd for someone to call at their house on a Sunday evening. Veronica answered the door to a man between the ages of 35 and 40. He was between 5 foot 4 inches and 5 foot 8 inches tall, stocky, clean-shaven and he wore a dark blouse and jacket and a baseball cap. Veronica fetched her husband when the man asked to speak to Alistair and she took over the storytelling. Alistair soon returned to the children's room after talking to the man. He showed his wife a blue envelope he had been given. It was roughly a quarter of the size of an A4 sheet of paper. It had nothing in it. The name Paul had been written on the front. Veronica later recalled that they had no reason to be scared as Alistair had closed the front door. Alistair decided to go back downstairs to see if the man was still there. Mere minutes passed by before three gunshots rang out. Veronica found Alistair slumped near the front door. He had been shot twice in the head and once in the body. The blue envelope had gone and the man who shot Alistair was observed heading down a road towards the seafront. After calling 999, Veronica ran to a pub across the road to get help. 
Despite efforts from civilians and the emergency services, Alistair died soon after at Ragmore Hospital in Inverness. His funeral wouldn't be held until nearly a year later. As the funeral was delayed, the investigation began. On the 8th of December, council workers carrying out gully cleaning on Seabank Road found a murder weapon down a drain. It was a Hainel Schmeisser, a German handgun from the 1920s and was found just streets away from the Wilson family home. This particular gun is known as a pocket pistol because of its size. The gun was forensically tested but no usable DNA was found. This type of gun is rare in the UK, with only 13 being found since 2008. In 2016, another Hainel Schmeisser, an exact replica of the gun used to kill Alistair, was handed in to the police following a house clearance in Nairn. It had belonged to a man who'd gone into a care home. The man had been a prisoner of war in Poland and the gun is believed to be a war trophy from World War II. When an heir to a care home. The man had been a prisoner of war in Poland and the gun is believed to be a war trophy from World War II. When an air rifle amnesty was held that same year, another gun, a Belgian-made Melior, was given to the police. This gun was the same calibre as the murder weapon and was nearly identical in its size and shape. This gun is also believed to have a link to wartime Poland. The sighting of a man similar in description to Alistair's murderer was reported to the police. On the day Alistair was killed, a couple on a bus from Inverness to Nairn noticed a fellow passenger whose behaviour seemed odd. The man in question boarded the bus in Inverness and appeared to be jumpy, as well as sitting slumped down in his seat. Every time the witness looked at the man, he would stare out of the window. The witnesses gave a description of the man, putting him between 5 foot 9 inches and 5 foot 10 inches tall and of a muscular build. He wore a blouse and jacket and a peaked cap pulled down over his face. The man departed the bus in Nairn and began walking in the direction of Alistair's house. An efit was produced which the witnesses said was accurate. The witnesses also noted that the man looked pristine. The man was tracked down by the police and was ruled out as a potential suspect. In 2005, Veronica underwent hypnosis and was able to give detectives a detailed account of the night her husband was killed. On the one-year anniversary, Veronica's 999 call was released to the public, as was footage of Alistair's eldest child being told his dad is dead, in the presence of a child psychologist. It has been theorised that Alistair's murder may have been a case of mistaken identity. This is the only theory that makes sense to Veronica. Speaking to the BBC about the possibility that she didn't know Alistair as well as she thought, and if he knew he was in danger, Veronica said, I believe I did know Alistair, and that evening he did have the choice not to go back down. So I believe that he didn't know. 
If he'd survived, he still couldn't have told us any more. So the only thing that makes any sense to me was that it was the wrong Alistair Wilson. We didn't have any sort of lifestyle that there was ever any threat. I couldn't even imagine why people are actually killed. You know, you see things, other people, and you just presume there's something dark or sinister in their life. But I knew Alistair inside out, and there was nothing there. Peter Blexley, a former detective for Scotland Yard, has theorised that Alistair's murder may be linked to his job at the Bank of Scotland. Peter spent time in Nairn handing out leaflets that asked for information about Alistair's murder and he received several calls as a result. Peter was told that the murderer made an offer to Alistair. If he had accepted the offer, he would have lived. Peter has said that the fact the murderer had a gun shows that he was willing to kill. Information posted to a professor and a newspaper appears to back up this theory. David Wilson, a criminology professor at Birmingham City University, was the recipient of a package that claimed to have information about Alistair's murder. The package was sent to David's university address and may have a Glasgow postmark. Inside was an eight-page document titled Alistair Wilson, a Cold Case Thesis. Prior to receiving the document, Professor Wilson thought that a master hitman had committed the crime, making it unsolvable. Based on the information contained in the document, Professor Wilson now thinks Alistair's murder can be solved, if the information is correct. The document claimed that Veronica wasn't the only witness to the crime and named an independent witness. The sender has only been identified as Nate. Professor Wilson wasn't the only one to be sent the package. The Scotsman also received the document. According to the newspaper, the document claimed that Alistair had been given a loan from contacts in the criminal underworld in exchange for banking services that were off the books. The document also claimed that Alistair ignored threats from these contacts about his plan to leave his job in banking. Alistair offered by Crime Stoppers Of the 19 DNA samples collected near the scene of the crime, all have been identified apart from a sample found on a cigarette end. Sixty officers worked on the case at its height. By 2015, 2,700 people had been spoken to and 3,500 statements had been taken. Questions, of course, still remain. Why did a normal Sunday end with an unexpected murder? Who killed Alistair Wilson? It means the world to me that you've given my podcast a chance. If you'd like to hear more, you can find over 50 episodes discussing true crime and hauntings over at my YouTube channel, Nightmares Before Bedtime. You can follow me on Twitter at NightmaresBB and on Instagram at Nightmares Before Bedtime. I look forward to sharing more stories with you from the darker side of life and 
In the meantime, don't have nightmares.